Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I want to talk to you about your mindset. Your mindset. Mindsets are strongholds many times. I was reading this article. I read it years ago. Um, and um, in this article, and, and of course, I'm not going to describe to you uh, very technically about it, but I'm going to share the thought. Uh, your mindset, of course, is made up of your thought life, what you think, the things that you think on. And I remember reading this article, and it was talking about the brain, and it began to uh, share how that when you think on things, uh, and you continually over and over and over again to think upon it, to think upon it, to think upon it, that what happens is like there's a groove, if you will, that's my, the best way I can explain it, there's a groove in your mind where that thought and, and that way of thinking, that mindset becomes deeper and you become more entrenched in that. Now, you can have a mindset that's a biblical mindset, and that's very positive, isn't it? Where you take the Bible, you take the scripture, and you think upon it. Isn't that what Joshua said to do? He said, meditate upon these words, think about these words. And he said, if you do that, you're going to have good success. He knew that the mindset and the thoughts that they were having, if they were based upon God's way of doing things, that they were going to be successful, that their life was going to be blessed. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have difficulties, but what it does mean, if you have the right kind of thinking and your mindset is right, when you get in difficulty, that, that is what is going to pull you out. It will pull you out. Meditating upon the word of God, getting those thoughts deep within your heart and deep within your mind, and, and it will cause your life to flourish. Many of you that are sitting here tonight, and you can attest to what I am saying, because my life is a life where there is pre-Bible and now. Before I knew the Bible, before I understood the scripture, and I'm still learning just like everybody else, none of us have arrived, but there, I didn't know anything. And because of that, I had thoughts and I had a mindset that were based upon many things, based upon my upbringing, you know, based upon my life experiences, you know, based upon my relationships with us, just a lot of different things. But then I began to see what the Bible tells us about our thought life. And when I began to understand that and I began to think and meditate and learn uh, the Word of God and see, we just ministered the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that happened to me is I got a great hunger for the Word of God. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was an insatiable hunger. It was like, I just, you know, I would read the Bible and, and, and it was like, you know, now these are my natural glasses. And if I take them off when I stand to read, you know, things are blurred. And that's really the way it was in my spiritual life. It was like 
things were blurred. I might get a little tidbit here and there, but I sure didn't learn very much. You understand what I'm saying? But then what happened when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like I had some Holy Ghost glasses. And I put those things on, and it was like when I read the Bible, and the same way that I had gone through and read, because I was a Bible reader. Now, I go sin and then read my Bible, you know, but that was just the way it was, you know, what I'm saying. But then after I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I began to read the Bible, it was like the truths of that scripture would pop out like popcorn. You know, don't you love the popcorn, you know, when you put it? I love it on the stove. You know, they've got all kind of microwave and all that. But how much better is it when you put it on the stove and you're just sitting there shaking it, you know, and, and that popcorn begins to pop? Well, see, that's the way the word was resonating in my spirit. It was just popping popping up, popping up, and oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And boy, did it smell good too. Just like fresh popcorn. I'm making myself hungry. How about you? So we're talking about your mindset, and a mindset is your mental makeup, really. It's your processes. It's your mentality that you have. It's where your head is at, where your head is at right now, your mindset. My head is, uh, you know, into suffering and persecution or my mindset is into receiving the victory that Jesus Christ has got for me. My mindset is in lack and poverty and how am I ever going to make it? Or my mindset is in my God is more than enough. He shall supply. I don't know how it's going to happen, but my mindset is to trust him. So you see, it can be either way. And it's also a point of view. Have you ever noticed that some people are just, their point of view on life is always negative? Have you ever noticed that? It, I mean, you know, I've been around people like that, and at, after a while, you want to avoid those people, don't you? Because, every, I mean, you can go in and, like, you, something beautiful can be going on, and they'll center in on one negative um, thing maybe that's just talk about going into a beautiful home and you go in there and you see the beauty and it's decorated and it's got wonderful furniture and but you zero in on the wall there's this imperfection or whatever the case may be you see some people just have a point of view their mindset is always negative but see that's not God's way He's not that way. He wants our mindset, our point of view to be positive based upon what he has said. And the Bible talks about thoughts. You know, in one place, it says, take no thought by what? Saying it, Matthew 6. Take no thought by talking about it and speaking it. But don't let it roll around in your head either. Don't let it just stay there. There's things you have to do. What I'm going to talk to you tonight, maybe we'll get into some of those things. I'm going to go as far as I can into this. I'm not going to try to make tonight what I'm talking to you. It's not going to be the all in all. There's lots more that could be said, but I'm just going to share some things that are on my heart. Now, I, I remember reading this, that in a 24-hour period that your mind can have, doesn't mean that it does, but your mind can have 50,000 thoughts in a 24-hour period. Whoa. 
And I, you know, sometimes my mind, because, you know, I've got, you know, 20 different things going on at one time, and my mind is, you know, like that. But, you know, we don't need to let our life be that way. We need a calm and undisturbed mind. Do you know that? We really do. We need to calm ourselves down, and we don't need to live uh, a disturbed life all the time. Now, there's things that happen and things that you've got to deal with, but you do need to deal with them, and then you need to go on. I'm going to tell you, worry is a bad thing. Did you know that? Be anxious for nothing is what the Bible talks about. Don't be anxious about things. What is anxiousness? That's really worry. That's what it it is. And if you worry, you've got a wrong mindset because you're not trusting God and trusting his word to do something for you that he's already said that he would do. But you see, the world's mindset is so, it's at enmity against God and his word. The, the people of this world and even so-called people that call themselves Christians, they're so contrary in, to, to scriptures, the way they think, the way they act, the way they talk. And if they hear someone speaking biblically, then they label us a fanatic or a nut. Well, you know, just get out of my way because I'm coming through. I'm going to be a fanatic for Jesus, if that's what you think that I am. If, if you think being a fanatic is believing the Word of God, acting out the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, thinking the Word of God, just go ahead. But you just, you know, you just grub around in that, and I'm not. I'm going on with God. Amen? Amen? So... Thoughts that are wholesome and godly are thoughts that God wants us to have. Thoughts that are godly. Thoughts that are wholesome. Now, on the contrary, on the opposite end of that, things that are ungodly, immoral, and all of that, if you're thinking upon those things, do you know that eventually you'll begin to act that out? It's really true. People don't do things just up and do something without thinking about it first. They think about it. That's their mindset. That's their thoughts. And then they begin to carry it out. People that get upset in church... They may take something and they think upon it and they think about it may not have a bit of validity to it. Maybe then some, but maybe not so much, whatever the case may be. But they think upon it, they think upon it, they think upon it. And then they begin to act out their anger, their offense, or whatever the case may be. Because your actions will follow what you're thinking if you don't grab hold of it and you don't do the right thing with it. People wonder today in our society, why is our society the way it is? Why are our teenagers and our kids, why are they the way they are and, and why are they experiencing what they are? Because everything they hear, everything they see is immoral, ungodly, evil, perverted, Sex, 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 that's all you see. You turn your, your children loose with the TV, with the computer. Don't expect that it's going to be anything else. I don't care what you're saying. It's going to be a lot stronger coming through those avenues in their life. 
So, and, and that's not just for our kids, it's for us too, to sit and laugh at things that are unwholesome and ungodly and think that, well, this is, just, this is a real popular show. Well, but are you a Christian? And do you believe that your mindset and what you think, well, I, I, I believe the Bible. Well, you won't believe it for very long because you'll begin to change and you'll begin to do things differently if that's the mindset that you pick up. And that's important to know that, isn't it? Positive minds produce positive lives. Now, isn't that interesting? Negative minds produce negative lives. And your thoughts, listen to this, your thoughts come through what you see and what you hear and what you're around. Well, I can go to the club or I can go to the beer joint or, you know, they don't call them beer joints anymore, but that's essentially what they are, you know. It's telling my age, I guess, but the club. Does that sound better, the club? It's the same thing that takes place in the club. It's the same thing. And you go there, yeah, I'm going to hang out with my friends there. Yeah, and you're going to become like your friend. No, I'm going to change them. Listen to me. If the Bible tells you that evil communications or associations will corrupt good morals, what he's saying, the person that is a Christian hangs around people who are not or who act ungodly ways, they will become the same way as the ungodly. Well, I, that's not what I'm going to do. That's foolishness. That is. But I'm smiling as I say it, so you don't get mad at me. No, nobody's like that in this room, I know. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Listen to what it says. Therefore, if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. And it talks about in that Amplified, old has passed away, behold, the fresh and the new has come. Don't you like that? Behold, the fresh and the new has come. Well, really what that's telling us is this. When you come to the Lord, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And at that time, now listen to this, at that time, you receive the mind of Christ. You receive that. But now, the, this is where people get messed up. They think because they're new creations and because they receive the mind of Christ that they automatically will think the right way, they will act the right way, and they will do the right things. Well, many of us have experienced when we came to the Lord uh, we became a new creation. We came out of darkness into light. We have no question about that. But we didn't start acting, didn't stop acting the way, talking the way, thinking the way that we did before. Why is that? Because it's not automatic. The uh, the born again experience is instantaneous. You're born again. And you get the mind of Christ. But there's a renewing process that has to take place in you. Let's, let's just look at this for just a moment. Let's turn over here and look to Romans um, 
chapter number 12. I hadn't planned on doing that, but, but let's just do this for a minute. It'll, it'll do us good to see it. And Romans 12, verse number 2. And be not conformed or shaped or patterned to this world. See, the world has a pattern. You, you know this, um, if, if, you know, if a piece of uh, clothing or furniture or anything's going to be made, there's a pattern for it. You understand that. You know, I've told you that, you know, they don't have home ec anymore. But when I, I was in high school, we had home ec. And so I remember, you know, my first year of home ec, and they're going to teach me how to sew, or at least they thought they were. <laughs> Isn't that right? He's not going to say anything. But anyway, I sewed a dress that year, and boy, was it a beauty. I designed it myself, but I had a pattern to it. And the dress had a certain shape, and a form when I made it. And see, this world has a shape and a form. And what it wants to do to God's children is it, wanted, it wants to take us like a mold. And it wants to shape us and mold us to be just like the world. We don't want you to be that conservative Christian. We don't want you to be that Bible-minded person. We want you to look like us and to act like us. But the Bible says, don't be shaped into that pattern. Don't let that form of the world get on you. Now, I'm speaking to some people tonight. You may be challenged with these things, but we, we need to understand this. If you don't take the form of God and his word, you'll take the form of the world. It says, don't be uh, shaped or pat patterned, conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how does the transformation, you get born again instantaneously, but how does this transformation take place? This transformation is a change that's made in your life, okay? And he said, be, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the renewing of your mind is something that has to take place as a child of God. You are born again. You come into the kingdom of God. But there's this process after you come into the kingdom where your mind has to be renewed. Now, what is a renewing? You could say a reprogramming. Your mind is programmed before you come to Jesus all kinds of ways. We, you know, we have all kinds of thoughts and we believe all kinds of things. But then the change that is to take place in our life is to take the Word of God and, and meditate upon it and see what that says and then go do it, talk that way, no matter how you feel you still do what the Bible says. That's where the change comes in to our life. And God wants us to have changed lives. Now we have that spiritual change that takes us out of the kingdom of darkness and brings us into light. But this transformation or change that will take place in our life after we come to the Lord 
is through the renewing of our mind, the updating, the re you know, computers, you know, you have to, uh, you know, you have to update programs, uh, you have to change programs and that kind of thing. And see, your mind has to be reprogrammed. And see, you know, every time you hear that, you know, you think of something kooky and uh, you know, weird and all of that. But God is saying, no, you can't live in victory and you can't live as a child of God and receive everything that God has for you if you walk according to the dictates of this world as a mere unchanged man. I lived that way. I didn't know I was living that way. And then I found out, and then I began to obey, and I began, see that word, is, that's, a, that's a strong word, obey. You see a truth, you obey it. You see another truth, you obey it. That's where the reprogramming, that's where the change, that's where the transformation comes in. And so that's not you know, something that happens overnight. That's a continual process. I'm still being transformed. I'm still being changed. There are times that I'll be in the middle of emotions and thoughts and all kinds of things, and God will say, that's not like me. That's not the way I do it. That's not the way I think about it. That's not the way I treat people. So see, he's still working on me. If he's still working on me, I know he's working on you too. <laughs> All right. That's a good truth, isn't it? That we can be changed and we can be transformed. Now, Philippians 2.5, listen to this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, when you say let, what does that really mean? It really means allow this mind to be in you. In other words, you can put up a barricade, you can put up a blockage to the mind of Christ and thinking like God and acting like God and talking like God. You can put that up if you want to. But he said, let or allow this mind to be in you. Really what he was talking about, but I, I, I'm, you know, taking it uh, taking you into something here, but he was talking about humility because in the world, you know, you take someone who is great and mighty and they want everybody to bow to them, but God said the kind uh, of mind I want you to have is a humble mind. I want you to have a, a mind that serves others, that doesn't, uh, uh, you know, act haughtily and pridefully, but will submit to, to me and will submit to others too. It's okay. You know, you don't have to win every argument. Did you know that? Boy, I mean, sometimes people will, you know, fight to the bitter end, and it's really what it is, isn't it? A bitter end sometimes, and a parting of relationships in a marriage, parting of friendships, parting of church members, you know, and all that kind of thing. But not me. I'm not into that. Are you? Say, I'm not into that. Now, the new century said, in you and your life, you must think and act like Jesus Christ. Now, listen to that. For you and in your life, you must think like Jesus Christ and you must act like Jesus Christ.
I don't know about you, but I strive to do that. I miss the mark. We all do, but we're to strive to be like him, to think like him, and to act like him. Let me tell you, there's thoughts that get in our minds, that whirl around in our minds, that are so demonic and so right out of the pit of hell, and, and God wants us to get hold of that and not allow it. Some people, are, they're so full of rejection. They have been rejected. They have such a poor self-image. And that thought is in their mind and it just runs over. And you might, not, you might not even verbalize it to anyone else, but you've got that groove in your mind worn. And it's there because somebody rejected you. You know what you have to do? You have to act like Jesus. You have to think like Jesus. And you have to talk like Jesus. Instead of holding on to all those things, you've got to release those things to the Lord. Rejection is a real thing. I read a story uh, about a man, and this man was grown, and he was married and had children, and his mother was really verbally abusive to him. I, you're never going to, you know, uh, now, now she didn't beat him or do anything like that, but, but she, you're never going to amount to anything, you know. Uh, you're not going to accomplish anything with your life. She would say things like that when she would get mad. Moms and dads or any one, put your hand over your mouth if you think evil. Don't let something like that roll out of your mouth. You get mad at your spouse, don't let things like that roll out of your mouth. That's a really, really ugly, ugly thing. But he... Because of that, he experienced rejection. He got in his marriage and the way uh, his wife wasn't doing that to him, but he was relating to her out of that rejection. Everything was about rejection. You see, that was, that was his mindset. I've been rejected. People reject me. And see, you, you project something. You project an aura about yourself when you, when you do that. But see, you got to change your thinking. You are not rejected. The Bible says you are accepted in Jesus Christ. You're accepted through the beloved. You are not rejected. And so, you know, then a poor self-image, you know, maybe something, uh, uh, you know, when you grew up and, and you were a kid, a teenager, and, you know, you go through these gawky kind of stages and ugly kind of stages or whatever we all go through, you know. And, and then, you know, through that period of time, because of the way that people responded to you or talked about you or related to you, uh, you know, you developed a poor self-image. Well, see, you're thinking you have to change that kind of thinking. You have to do something to change that kind of thinking. And you have to think about yourself the way that Jesus sees you. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I'm the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. See, you have to think. And here, you know, the grooves start developing. 
And the thought patterns began to shape and change. And instead of one that's rejected and a poor self-image, you began to have confidence. I'm not talking about a self-confidence that's born out of, hey, I'm the great one. I'm talking about a confidence that is born out of the Lord is on your side. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. See, I had to deal with a lot of fear in my life. And occasionally, I mean, it'll, it'll come back up. And some people, you know, I never had to deal with that. You know, well, that's one of those things. And when it comes to thinking like Jesus and acting like Jesus, I have to really work on that. And I have had to really work on that in my past. But see, everybody's different. Your experience is different than mine. But we're all the same in that we have to be transformed or changed by renewing our minds to think the way that Jesus thinks and talk and act the way that he acts. Amen? Now, so if we are to think and act like him, I looked at Luke 4, and you can turn over there with me if you want. I looked at Luke 4... And I began to see how Jesus dealt with thoughts that were hurled against him in a really difficult time. He um, was full of the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was led into the wilderness, and he was out there for 40 days. He was fasting. And the Bible says, let's read here in verse number three, and the devil said unto him, if thou will be... if." If thou be the Son of God, command the stone that it be made bread. Now, I want you to think about that. He hasn't eaten. He's been fasting for 40 days. And the devil comes, and what does he say? Turn these stones into bread. See, there's the temptation. There's the lie. There's the deception. There is uh, what the enemy lays a trap before Jesus. But what does he say? Now listen, and Jesus answered him. Okay, what? let's think about it. What do we do? What do you do when the devil comes to you to tempt you, to test you, to challenge you, to lie to you, and to deceive you? What do you do? Well, you just keep thinking about it, let it roll around in your mind. Jesus answered him. And so that gives us another clue in our mindset. We have to answer when the devil is speaking up. I mean, I've told you this before, but I'll be out somewhere. Now, I don't do it where people will look at me and say, there's that crazy woman or something. But I tell you what, if I'm in a place and the devil says something to me, I'll say, you're a liar and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. See, too many times we're passive. We are passive about our thinking. We're passive about our thought life and we just let everything, well, you know, you know, women, you go, well, wasn't that a good-looking man? Or man, wasn't that a good-looking woman? You better be careful with things like that. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you can't observe beauty, you know. But I, I, I'm just talking about how things can get to you and take you off. And take you off into a, a direction. So don't be passively letting thoughts just roll around in your mind. Jesus took the things that Satan came to him and said, Jesus took them and he answered him back. He didn't just say, la, 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 la. I don't really hear the devil. I don't hear his voice. You know, he didn't do that. 
he said, Jesus answered him. And he answered him on this first thing. And he said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So that tells us here that Satan spoke and Jesus answered. So when Satan speaks to you, don't you think... Now see, some of the things that, that the devil said had some parts of truth to them. Some validity to them, but he always is a, a liar. The Bible says he's the father of lies. So you can't, you know, you can't fall for that. But you, what we have to do is we have to learn this mindset that we're to have, the renewed mind that we're to have. We're, we need to deal with the thoughts that come to us in the same way that Jesus did. And I'm not going to read that whole story for the, the sake of time. But as I went down through there, I got some observations out of the scripture, and you can read more of that later. But the devil spoke, and he spoke lies and deception, twisted things. Jesus knew Satan's tricks. He was not oblivious to that. He was not fooled by that. And he stood, Jesus stood, now listen, this word. He stood firmly on the word. Well, you mean that's all there is to it? Jesus stood firmly on the word. I want you to understand that. He stood firmly. He didn't, he didn't uh, you know, waver in, in what the, the, tr the Bible said. He didn't waver in the truths. He stood firmly upon it. Now, see, that is something that we need to learn. I, I know from my own, you know, when, when the enemy comes and he's, he's lying and deceiving and trying to get you to fall for something. Sometimes, you know, you stand for a little bit and then you just kind of cave in or you give in. And see, you have to stand firmly on the Word. Know the Word of God says. Know the Word of God says. I'm going to think, I'm going to think what God says about this situation. You have to do it with your healing. You have to do it with your finances. You have to do it with your family. You have to do it in relationships. You have to do it in difficulty. Whatever you're looking at, that's the way you have to handle it. Amen? So he stood firmly and then... Uh, I do want to say this too, that one thing, the devil uh, will appeal to your ego, to your flesh. Well, you really have a right to feel that way. And you really have a right to act that way. Now, I want you to think about this. And it, it's amazing how the enemy can bring things up that happened many years ago or in cases that, you know, you hadn't even thought about in a long time. And, and, you know, bring it back up. And the next time you see that person that the thought was about, don't you get a little miffed at? Well, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I remember. But see, you remember because there was something that stirred that up in you. And don't fall for that. Don't fall for that. Amen. But he'll appeal to your flesh. The devil will depart. He had to depart. Listen, 
verse number 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. The devil will depart. You keep standing. You stand firmly upon the word of God. You continue to think and act like Jesus and you will get the biblical results that he says that you can have. Amen. Jesus spoke the scriptures not just in his, he didn't just have thoughts about it. He spoke it out. And so we have to do the same thing. Amen. So the devil wages war in our minds and he injects thoughts into our minds. And we need to understand that. And some people, um, you know, they'll, they'll even tell you today, well, I, I really, I, I don't believe in, in the devil. You know, a large portion of the so-called church doesn't believe in the devil. Well, you know, he doesn't care. That just gives him more fuel in your life. He doesn't care if you don't believe in him. That, he's just going to, he's cloaked and he's going to go in your life and do all kinds of things. He just thinks that's marvelous. Um, James 4, now listen to this. James 4, it says, be subject to God. Resist the devil. This is the Amplified. Be subject to God and resist the devil. Now, some people get that all turned around. They want to resist the devil, but they don't want to be subject to God. They don't want to submit to God, and they're trying to resist the devil. you got to get that in the right order. You submit yourself to God. You subject yourself to God. That means humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord, under the word of God. You submit yourself to it and say, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to say, but I'm submitted to God. And then you resist the devil. You resist the devil, stand firm against him, and listen to this, and he will flee from you. Resist him. You don't have to be tormented by the enemy in your thought life. Well, I'm having impure thoughts. Well, first thing, what are you watching? What are you listening to? And you need to maybe cut some things out of your life before your eyes and before your ears. Get it away. Sever it. Okay? But he said, stand firm against him and he will flee from you. Now this word resist means not, not to yield. It means acting in opposition. And acting in opposition to impulse or pressure from another. See, when the enemy comes in to pressure you, it's just like, you know, it's just like peer pressure from people, you know, teenagers, how they get into that peer pressure or something. You see, when you resist, you don't give in to the peer pressure. When you resist, you don't give in to the demonic pressure. You resist him. You, you're unyielding to him and what he wants to do and what he wants to bring into your life. You are not a garbage dump. You are not. People, you know, wonder why, well, you know, I watch all kinds of, you know, movies uh, with all kinds of uh, R-rated, you know, uh, nudity, uh, you know, 
horrible language and I let my children do it and then we wonder why our kids act out the way that they do. There, it's no wonder. You got to change that if you want to get different results, if you want a different mindset. Amen. So my last scripture I'm going to talk to you about is out of Ephesians six thirteen, and we can turn there together. Ephesians six thirteen. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And it goes on to talk about the armor of God and that'd be really good for you uh, to read that. But uh, I want us to read that out of the Amplified. Can you show it out of the Amplified? It says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand. Okay. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all, the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. And so tonight, what I want to leave with you for the mindset that, that God wants us to have, the renewed mind that he wants us to have to be able to receive from him and walk in all that he has us to walk in. It demands that we resist the enemy when those thoughts come bombarding toward us and we stand firmly upon the word of God. Now, what does the Bible say that the word of God is? A foundation. Build your house upon the rock because that's where the firm foundation is. So you stand firmly on the word of God. You resist the devil and he has to flee. So when thoughts, just like the thoughts that were hurled at Jesus that he had to deal with and the way that he dealt with it, that's the way that we deal with it today. Now, if we do that, we're going to get the same kind of results that he got. Remember, I talked about a pattern. Jesus is our pattern. And you all know if you make a pattern from the original and then you keep on making a pattern off of the second one rather than going back to the original, what happens? It gets off, 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 off until eventually it doesn't even look. I see that's where I think Christianity is today. We're so far off, we don't even look like Jesus anymore in a lot of, in a lot of cases. So he's the pattern and that's where we take it. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.